September is Life Insurance Awareness Month, and to give us an update on what's happening in the industry is Jim Curley, part of the executive committee of LL Global Services, a research group that helps counsel 450 different U.S. and Canadian insurance companies about the important trends that are happening in the industry, as well as how to reach the 100 million-plus Americans that feel they don't have adequate life insurance. Welcome, Jim. It's a pleasure to have you here with us today. Well, thank you for having me on the program. I'm excited to talk about a very important and very critical topic in the lives of American consumers today. September, we call it Life Insurance Awareness Month, and I know LIMRA specifically, and I know now it's LL Global Services because you've merged with LOMA. I've always known LIMRA from the beginning of my career 30 years ago. You guys have done a lot of research for Americans on the area of life insurance, specifically as well as other insurance products, to help us as advisors and companies understand what Americans' needs are and wants are so that we can better serve the public. And I know right now, I just keep thinking about how we created national health care because of a crisis of 30 million Americans that needed health care. I look at the surveys that you guys did, and it seems like there's a much bigger crisis when it comes to life insurance. What are your thoughts on that? I couldn't agree more. I think there's a crisis in both the understanding for the need of life insurance and actually how life insurance works. There's somewhere in the neighborhood of 100 million adults that don't have any life insurance. That's not good news for the public. That's why Life Insurance Awareness Month is so critical to bringing the ideas and the concepts of working with a professional insurance advisor to really understand what your needs are as a family and make the right decisions about purchasing the protection that you need as a family. Research tells us that people understand they need more life insurance. Our recent research tells us about 30% of the people we survey acknowledge they need more. That's about 70 million people if you extrapolate out the numbers. And I find that one in four in our research tells us that they would actually love to have insurance on themselves, but also on their spouse or partner. So it's not that Americans don't understand the need for life insurance. The question of how do they find the right professional to guide them through a professional discussion of the needs, the wants, and the solutions that can be offered. Now, I know the old nonprofit Life Foundation, which now is lifehappens.org, they've done some of their own research too, and they talk about Americans and their ideas of what it even cost are very misguided. People are living longer today, and I don't know if that gives people a false sense of immortality, but the cost of life insurance is based on life expectancies. So as life expectancies have expanded, costs have come down significantly. Has your research showed anything about that big disconnect as far as what people understand as the cost of even taking care of something so as important as life insurance for their families? Yes, it does. And in fact, we have done research on customers, consumers, perceptions of what the actual cost of life insurance is. And across all consumer categories, they clearly believe that the cost of life insurance is far greater than it is. And to your point earlier, the cost of insurance has actually come down over the years. And if you think about the long-term benefits of the life insurance product, it's really a very sound investment to be made. And of course, as you know, the sooner you buy it, that is the younger you buy it, the less expensive it's going to be over the long term. In fact, a study that we did last year and updated again in 2015 demonstrated that projected cost as estimated by consumers for a $250,000 term policy was often three or four times what the actual cost would be. So there's a 
great perception around the understanding of cost. And you know, I've heard people say, you talked about what they believe life insurance is. I hear a lot of people tell me they don't believe in life insurance. I had a good friend of mine tell me, well, that's good. It's not a religion. Now let's talk about what it really is. (laughs) You don't have to believe in it. And what it does is really provide financial security for families. There's another misperception that I've heard, and that is, well, I don't want life insurance. I have to die to collect it. I don't want to leave anybody behind rich. And today, there are so many more options with life insurance that provide living benefits. I see chronic illness riders, critical illness riders, terminal illness riders, long-term care riders. There's so many different options of how these products fit and work that can cover a lot more than just death and dying. What would you say to that, or do you have research that shows how well aware Americans might be of all these options and flexibility? Well, first of all, the design of insurance products today are significantly different than they were 20 years ago for the very reasons that you illustrate. A lot more features and riders that provide living benefits, if you will. So the product design is really contemporary, and there are a whole variety of life insurance products available to customers today. And frankly, the opportunity to visit with a life insurance professional will afford the chance to learn about the best options for your individual situation as a consumer. Our research tells us that savings for retirement is probably the number one financial goal that consumers have today. And it's interesting because four out of 10 of the people that we talked to told us that savings for retirement prevents them from buying life insurance. The sad part about that perception really falls into two parts. One, foundationally to any good financial plan is protecting risk. And protecting risk of losing your income and being unable to provide the financial wherewithal for the family that's left behind is a really critical piece to that. And secondly, as we discussed earlier, the features and benefits of the product and the cost of the product are really significantly less than they were in the past. So I I said the perception is not well-founded. There are really three things that consistently, year over year, consumers tell us they're concerned about when they're shopping for life insurance. The first one is, are they getting the right amount of coverage? How much do you really need today to protect yourself and your family for the future? They want to know what they're really buying. Do they have a clear understanding of what they're buying? And finally, are they getting the best price? So that's the role of the professional advisor to ensure that the answers to those three critical questions are clearly spelled out during a sales and interview and during a conversation with a client. And we find that working with an advisor provides the ability for a customer to ask the questions that they really are not quite clear about. We really encourage a healthy conversation. In fact, about 60% of consumers today say that they want to work with an advisor to actually buy the life insurance product. Well, we're going to take a short break. And Jim, when we come back, I want to explore a little bit more about how these products might fit at different times of life. We started talking about retirement planning. And let's talk about how life insurance may still be important even when people retire. So please stay tuned. Hi. I'm Anthony Anderson, and on TV, I play a dad who has it all. But in real life, I grew up in a very different neighborhood. My parents worked hard for everything we had, but one key thing I learned from them was to take care of the future. They understood that tomorrow isn't promised to anyone. That's why they each had life insurance. And when I turned 18, I got a policy too. This is what I don't understand. 
If we could do it on our limited income, why are there over 100 million Americans without life insurance? Wouldn't you want to make sure your family is okay if something happened to you? I mean, you insure your high-def big screen, but not the person watching. What's up with that? Where's your family's safety net? If you can buy a latte now and then, you can pay for a life insurance policy. It's that affordable. As a husband and a father, I understand why my parents made it a priority. You should, too. Join me in taking care of our family's futures. Learn more at lifehappens.org. A public service message from the nonprofit Life Happens. Welcome back as we continue to visit with Jim Curley, who was past president in 2007 of Limera Services. He now oversees the development and delivery of a wide range of commercial products through the combined efforts of Limera and Loma that have formed together to create LL Global Services. And their primary objective is to help product manufacturers understand the needs of Americans when it comes to the area of insurance. And we were talking about, before the break, the crisis that's in the life insurance with the 100 million Americans feeling as though they need more coverage or need coverage at all and are underinsured. And it just amazes me, as we talked about in the beginning of the show, we created national health care based on 30 million Americans not having health insurance. Jim, before the break, we were talking about some of the uses for life insurance. And I know a lot of times folks will say, well, you know, I only need term insurance because by the time I retire, I won't need insurance anymore. And yet I see statistics about how dependent people are on Social Security. And especially in the area of a couple, when one spouse dies, most people don't even understand or aren't prepared for a loss of one of those checks. And that can have a pretty significant impact on people. And it might be a reason somebody wants to keep life insurance in retirement. Are there some other issues that you're seeing that are not being addressed with Americans not buying life insurance or owning life insurance in retirement? Clearly, income replacement is a very important part of retirement planning. And as you point out, couples today run the risk of losing income at the death of a spouse. So that's a really, really important part of what insurance can do as part of a retirement plan. But we also think about estate planning and the ability to create wealth through the acquisition of life insurance. And it's a great asset to own to provide for not only a spouse, but also as a way to provide the right kind of estate planning gifts to children and grandchildren. So there are lots of other opportunities in the retirement area. I know, too, with life insurance, the liquidity factor, especially for business owners, you see a lot of business owners have the vast majority of their net worth tied up into a business. That is, a lot of cases, those business owners are why the business even exists. You have a business that's worth a lot of money, making a lot of money, and all of a sudden that owner passes away and the income stops and the value of that business drops precipitously, and all of a sudden you have a need for liquidity. That's where life insurance can really play an important role because it is liquid cash immediately following a death when it's needed the most. Do you see that as being something where people need to look harder at it? I think businesses need to look very hard at that. In fact, in a recent study that we did looking at life insurance ownership by business owners, it was shocking to me to see how little life insurance they actually own. In fact, we discovered that business owners that have a net worth of about $5 million dollars Well, 82% of them own life insurance, only 35% own cash value life insurance. And a $10 million asset, net asset worth, only 40% owned cash value life insurance. And as you point out, the significant 
value of having life insurance as part of a business plan, continuation plan, business succession plan, is it does provide immediate liquidity. It provides a transition for the loss of the business owner and the transition of the business in the future. So we really encourage that need and that solution. What amazes me, and we don't have time today to get into all the benefits of cash value life insurance, but one big benefit of that is accessing cash when you might need it. And you would think more business owners, with the way the banking system has changed since 2008, where it's more and more difficult to access ready cash, we saw a lot of business owners go under when in 2008 notes got called in. Having another source of cash available to get through tougher times, I know a lot of business owners where if it weren't for the cash value, Value of their life insurance, they probably would have went under along with the rest of them. And I know there's a lot of stories out there about some pretty famous businesses that got their start and managed to survive because of cash value life insurance. Do you have any examples of that? You know, I don't have any specific examples, but I can tell you that the ability to get the cash available through loans on your life insurance has been a very important strategy for, I'm sure, millions of business owners over the years. And the life insurance product as a financial tool, particularly in the hands of a business owner, is a very significant and very valuable tool to have. So the moral of the story is you need to talk to your advisor and understand how this tool will work. I've got one last question, Jim, and that is we've been in a low interest rate environment for a long time. We've seen a lot of volatility in the stock market, especially in the last 10 to 15 years. A lot of uncertainty going forward, and we've had consumer debt that at least that seems to have come down over the last few years, but our federal debt keeps ballooning. What does this economic environment mean to the insurance industry? Well, that's a big question that all of our members, some 450 insurance and financial services companies within the U.S. and Canada have been asking for a long time. I think what it means to consumers today is that life insurance companies manage risk for the long term. And so they've been very conservative about how they've been investing their capital. They've been doing a really good job of adjusting their products to make sure that they can deliver on the promises that they make to insurance clients every day. And I think many insurance executives would tell you that they are looking forward to an increase in interest rates over time, not a skyrocket rate climb, but a more gradual climb would actually help the financial picture of life insurance companies. I am pleased to say and make an observation that life insurance companies that I deal with today and I deal with them every day of the week are well aware of what they have to do to manage their business from a financial standpoint, taking the right steps to do that. I look back to the last financial crisis, and it was all about bailing out the banks and the Bear Stearns and Lehman Brothers went belly up, and there were a lot of insurance companies that were a little bit stressed during that downturn, but they all seemed to come out pretty well, including the big one, AIG. They got some government help, and they paid back all their loans with interest. You don't really hear that too often with company bailouts, but they seem to come through it pretty well, and that should give people some confidence that they're doing a good job managing their money. I think you're absolutely right. The companies that were involved with uh, federal financing as a result of the economic downturn are fully back on solid ground. Their earnings are up, their financial plan is solid, and their growth plan, virtually every one of those companies, and I'm aware of all of those companies, are really doing quite well. Well, Jim, thanks for visiting with us. I look forward to visiting with you in the near future. I know we talked about long-term care insurance month coming up here in a few months. Love to have you back to share your observations of what's happening in that industry. So thanks for joining us. It's been my pleasure, and I look forward to speaking to you again.
Thanks for joining us this week, and tune in again next week as we explore another phase of the real wealth process. And remember, if anything you heard in today's show you'd like to get more information about, contact your real wealth advisor. Also, if you feel that any of this information will be helpful to a friend or family member, just click the Forward to a Friend button.